Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the When to Jump podcast. My name is Mike Lewis. This week we've got Jeannie Blasberg on the show. Jeannie is a really neat story about taking a jump and really taking one without considering uh, where you are in life, your career, uh, and even your age. Uh, Jeannie became an author later in her career and uh, as someone who always dreamed of doing it uh, but never knew exactly when to go, I think her story will really hit home for you. And the other thing I like about Jeannie's story is that you know, it's pretty straightforward. It doesn't exactly show someone who's got supernatural powers, who had the right connection or said the right things. You know, this is a story of any person making any jump possible, and I think you'll hear that very clearly through Jeannie's words. It's, it's a great narrative, and it shows that jumps are actually possible. Enough for me for now. Here is Jeannie. We're here with Jeannie Blasberg on the When to Jump podcast. Jeannie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Mike. This is a real treat. So let's go right into your jump. You are a writer and an author. How weird does that sound? I love the sound of that. It's been a long time coming. And how long has it been coming? Well, I started writing my novel, Eden, in about 2006, and it was published in May of 2017. Um, I had an idea for a book for a long time, but um, as you can tell by the number of years there, it took quite a long time to get it out into the world. And I think you came from a position where many listeners perhaps might find themselves in, which is have an idea, particularly around writing a book. And as someone who also just went through the process, I can attest, it's not exactly you go from A to B to C, you're a mother and, and you've got kids and a family and a lot of things going on. How was it to think of starting a jump uh, perhaps you know later on than, than others and, and feeling like perhaps there were some hills to climb? Yeah, that's, um, that's true. It was always easy to fall back into the fact that I have so much going on in my life. Getting this book finished isn't really going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, I have a very good excuse in that I've got three um, growing kids who need my attention. But um, I really knew that the story I had inside me needed to get out and I wanted to share it with others. Um, I wanted to share it with people who might connect with it. And it was a work of fiction. So unlike your book, I think where, you know, as... Um, nonfiction, um, it's pretty straightforward. With fiction, you're really kind of creating something and there's some style and voice and interpretation. Um, and so it's, it's a little bit more of this artistic license. And along with that comes some fear because you don't know if what you're creating is any good. Um, if it, is going to be well written and well told. And so I think there's also a bit of um, worry that what you're doing and spending so much time on might just fall flat, um, fall flat and, and not really be 
as well received as you'd hope or, or just connect with readers as you'd hope. And I think that goes for any jump, really, right? In the beginning is you don't know where that energy will, will take you, right? Yeah, you have this little voice in your head. Like you always allude to the voice in your head. My voice was always telling me, Jeannie, this is a silly waste of time. Why are you doing this? Uh, this isn't going anywhere. You're not good at this. You don't even know what you're doing. You've never written fiction before. So, yeah. And so what what pushed you forward? I mean, describe when you started putting the first steps together you know, how old were the kids? What was your life like? And what, what did you do? Is there any tactics you employed to just get the pen to paper to start? Um, the pen to paper wasn't the hard part. I was doing that in the closet without admitting to anyone. And that my kids were little, but um, in 2009, we did a three-year stint um, overseas. And I had fewer responsibilities. Um, I still had the kids, obviously, but all of the community things, all the boards, all the volunteer um, roles I'd been filling my time up with were gone. And so I decided I was going to come home with a first draft. Um, but I think showing that first draft to someone and getting feedback was the first step. It's kind of like in the AA program, if you actually admit you're doing something it, you or admit you have a problem, you're now accountable. So I was admitting I'd written a book for the first time and asking for people to read it and asking for editorial advice and asking my husband to take a real good hard look at it. Um, I think that was the that sharing my work was the first big step. Um, what pushed me over? I mean, my kids were always like um, an inspiration as well. They they knew I was working on something, and they egged me on to complete it. And uh, being the type of mom who would never let her own kids quit, they kind of turned the tables on me and wouldn't let me quit. I have a question for you on that, Jeannie. You described this piece of advice of saying, hey, share it with somebody. It sounds like you went to a mix of family and friends. Did you find the reception to be better or easier to go to you know, someone in your family versus someone in your friend group or vice versa? Because sometimes it's actually harder to go to one group than the other. Yeah, it's true. Well... I'm lucky that um, I could trust my husband. First, I asked him to read the book um, and give me a yes or no answer. And that was, am I totally embarrassing myself? And he replied, no, you're not. You know, you're not embarrassing yourself at all. With that kind of um, green light, I then hired professional editors or a professional editor. And I also enrolled in um, fiction writing classes, novel in progress classes, where my work was, um, was read and um, criticized by other classmates. So once I kind of had that um, level of support and understanding that he would never let me go out in the world um, and, you know, and, and, fail terribly, I was willing to um, put my work out there. Now, the first editor I had, she was, um, she gave me some pretty tough news. And luckily, she came right out with the um, statement that she thought I was a good writer, that that my images and my characters were well written, that the setting was well written. There were just some technical things about writing a novel and writing a book that I didn't understand. Um, pretty funny. The first thing she said was the book didn't really have a plot, <laughs> so that was going back to going back to um, 
square one. But, you know, the, the characters and the setting and the aura I was trying to achieve were all there. And she kind of understood the themes. But I really needed to go back to um, Storytelling 101 and, um, and, and kind of be a beginner again. I guess that point right there, just taking feedback, especially that early on in your jump, you had some initial positive responses from folks like your husband. Then you go into the broader arena, if you will. What did it take to keep going after that type of pretty honest and candid response, which was sounds like it was fair, but you got to have some tough skin, yeah, right? Yeah. If someone's saying you need a plot to a, a novel you thought you had a plot to. Exactly. Well, um, so what it really took is the willingness to do the work. Um, sometimes you just want somebody to love what you've done and accept it in its entirety and say, it's a wonderful package. Let's go out and sell it to the world. I, I think that just rarely, rarely happens. Um, um, what's often viewed as an overnight success is like millions of hours of hard work behind it. And so in 2009, we went abroad. I came back to Boston in 2012 and started taking classes again. It was another three years of rewriting and revising before I got an agent and uh, got a publishing deal. So it's you know, I had to change my main character. I had to change so much about my story. And sometimes I'd put it aside and just think, this is too much work. This is going to be too hard. Um, again, it were, it w- if it wasn't for my kids egging me on and asking me whatever happened to that book I was writing, it would have been really easy to quit. Um, I actually started writing a second book thinking if I'd known um, what I needed to start, I, I, you know, I'll just start a story that doesn't have all these problems. Um, but when it came to publication, I felt like I would be, you know, leaving the dance with a different guy and not the date I, I went with if I didn't get Eden published first. And so I decided to just do the work and, you know, day by day it got done. It took a while. Um, I had other obligations, other things going on in my life. But it also, at that point, I took myself seriously. I called myself a writer and I treated it like a job. So that's also um, a certain amount of fear swallowing because no longer are you in the closet doing something as a hobby or a pastime. You're actually, you've outed yourself and you are calling yourself a writer and you are, are not doing things with your friends or making other appointments. You're sitting at your desk for a prescribed period of time every day and committing to something. And so showing up for myself, I guess, was the last bit of what it really took. I knew I could do it. I've done all sorts of difficult things. I knew I could do this if I just worked at it. There's such a progression there that anybody can apply to any jump they're making, which is to start something, to push something forward. You put pen to paper. You said that was the easy part to get that confidence from somebody else, to to get validation from someone you trust that this is worth doing, to get the planning down, like you said, with the classes you took and the editors that, that you could try to work with, and then to really be out in the world with it. It's it's um, it's a it's a powerful thing to call yourself whatever it is you've always wanted to call yourself, just as we opened the the conversation with Jeannie Blasberg, the the writer and the author. That's 
that's a hard part to say out loud, but that might be the most important of any jump. It's true. Um, you know, people ask what was the hardest part about getting a book written and published. And, um, it is, you know, it's just swallowing your fear and just grabbing that identity and taking it, just using your power. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited. And then now that the book's out, the second most important thing for me to do is to get that second book out in the world. And, and, um, my routine and my identity has completely changed, um, the way I feel about myself, the way I spend my time. It's just the greatest gift I could have ever given myself was, um, to make this shift and to, um, just to go for it. That's amazing. And what's so beautiful here is that this was an 11 year process. And for those listening, thinking, well, I'd like to do a book, but I can't just be a writer. You weren't just a writer for a long time. You were juggling a lot of different things and you, you found a way to make this jump work with three kids, with a family, with a very full life. And I think that's just so important that, you know, looking forward, you know who you are, but looking backward, it was this journey that kind of built those pieces and, and it doesn't sound like any of it was easy. No, that's true. And, um, I'm 52 years old. I have several more books in me. I mean, I think in this day and age, we're all healthier. We're more educated about what it takes to live a long life. And I expect to have a full career, um, a full writing career before it's over. So it's absolutely never too late. I think more than ever with, um, the kids not taking up as much of my time, um, my decision to, you know, change what I change, how I spend my time and change my, my volunteer responsibilities. Um, I'm completely investing in myself right now and, um, it couldn't be a better time. I, um, I, I look around at a lot of my friends and we're all doing similar things. It's definitely a new chapter and a time to um, embrace the freedom that we have at this age. Absolutely. And a time to jump. It is so. a perfect time to jump. It's a little less risk of, um, risky, you know, economically and financially. Um, there's we're we're a little bit more established so um I can do things like this but still it's not about the money it's more about um the self esteem and the um willingness to you know there are a lot of supporters out there but you also know there are a lot of people who may, who might be questioning whether you're really capable of this and to just forget those people's negativity and just power forward with all the supportive ones at your side. Absolutely. I think that's such a crucial point. If, if you stopped whatever jump you wanted to make because someone doubted you, no one would, would ever do it. So yeah, exactly. Any other last pieces of advice for, for folks listening as they, as they think about their own jump, a lot of folks who tune into the podcast are just starting or even have an idea in mind. And I think it really is that beginning. That's just so tough to get started. Yeah. Well, make a practice of it, whether you're, um, public with what you're doing or you're keeping it private, I would say, you know, 15 or 20 minutes every morning of journaling, um, writing longhand. Sometimes you would be wouldn't believe what comes out. Um, all sorts of dreams, things that are in your head, um, ideas, just keep up that practice. And if you're interested in writing or writing a book, 
or even just writing short stories, the creativity that stemmed from those early morning thoughts is really powerful. I do the same, not for 15, 20 minutes. That's impressive. I do five, but I like my five and it's still helpful in some way. Three, three pages. It doesn't matter how long it takes you. Maybe three longhand pages. Um, that's oh, kind of a it. rule of thumb. And Jeannie, for those who, who want to learn more about you and your writing and your books, what where can they head? What can they do? Um, my website is jeanblasberg.com. That's with two N's. Um, and I'm on Facebook at Jean Blasberg author and on Instagram is Jean Blasberg. My novel Eden, as in the Garden of Eden, came out last May with She Writes Press and that's available wherever books are sold and there's more information about me on my Amazon Amazon page as well. How does that sound to say hello? <laughs> that's pretty cool. Everyone says, oh, are you on Amazon? Like it's the hardest thing in the world. <laughs> like, yeah, there's 8 million things sold on Amazon. But, you know, it's amazing um, what are barometers of success these days. Yeah. I hear you. St- well, still trying to get up the Instagram following. I think that's what it's going to take with the next generation. But um, yeah, one step the kids at these a time. Days. Maybe with the next book. My next book will be coming out in spring of 2019, and it's called The Nine. And I think it will also appeal to the same readership as Eden, but maybe a slightly younger audience. So Wow. Okay. Well, everyone check out com. I read the book, not uh, being asked to solicit uh, uh, feedback by Jeannie here, but I actually really enjoyed it. And it is a great, it was a great summer read for me. I think that was the season it came out in and and it it hit home. It was a nice bring to the beach or bring on the train out to see friends, whatever it may be. And I'm excited for the nine, Jeannie. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jeannie Blasberg. Go check out Eden. You can buy it anywhere books are sold. You can go online, Jeannie Blasberg, author. If you put that into Google, you'll find out more. Uh, A really neat story. That will do it this week for When to Jump on the podcast. My name is Mike Lewis. Go to whentojump.com to find out more about what's going on, especially the latest updates with our Jump Club Festival coming to Boston September 7th and 8th. Some tickets still remain at the regular pricing. You can go check it out on our website, When to Jump, on social media at When to Jump across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, And if you've got a jump to share, reach out through the contact form on the website, record your jump, jump at mcmillan.com is where you send it. Uh, and a whole lot of jumps coming your way. We've got our big event in uh, just a few weeks in Boston. We've got our episode next Tuesday coming to the podcast, uh, a guest that will surprise you. Uh, And just stay tuned. The hits keep on coming. Thanks so much for joining me. My name's Mike Lewis, and I will see you next week. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.